from the beginning of summer, seeing the amount of just experience I gained in that amount of time uh, has been like like mind blowing in a way that I could have made that level of progression. Even after making the purchase, I was just like, I still don't feel like an investor. It's like, until I actually see something return from it, it's just that much less money in my account and that's all it feels. But you know what? It feels really good now that I'm one step closer to being considered in that tier. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, everybody, we have a special show for you today. Um, we are actually back here with Rudy Valderrama, who um, a couple months ago, we had a interview with um, very new on his journey. He was actually a brand new investor. He hadn't invested in anything yet. And here we are with a follow-up episode. If you want more details about the fears and insecurities that Rudy had to overcome to get to where he is today, please listen to episode one. But we're going to get into successes now. Rudy cashed his first check just yesterday, potentially the day before, on his real estate investment. Um, first off, Rudy, super proud of you, super stoked for your journey. <laughs> Um, we would love to know the specific action steps that you took in order to get that first check. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, I'd just like to say, hey, it's, uh, it's, it feels surreal, first off, because when I talked to you guys last time, that episode was recorded like early in the summer, this last summer. And that's when we had just made the mood, my, my, my son hadn't been born yet. So it was just like after going back and listening to it and realizing like all it's, it's interesting because within the short amount of time, within those few months, like listening to myself, the uncertainty, you know, the kind of like the knowledge that I didn't have that I have now in just a short amount of time. And we're, we're almost at the, you know, past the halfway point coming to the end of 2022 and from the beginning of summer seeing the amount of just experience i gained in that amount of time uh has been like like mind-blowing in a way that i could have made that level of progression in just how i thought and the things that i know uh going forward in real estate investing and purchasing and looking at uh listings and deals it's been it's been incredible so uh it's 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 interesting to be back on now to be on this side which i will yeah say uh yesterday actually was yesterday so today is uh november 11th it's veterans day so it was really interesting yesterday uh, my wife celebrated technically my wife has her birthday in november uh not only her birthday but she's a marine corps vet so she celebrated that the marine corps birthday yesterday it's just it's just a lot of exciting things happening this month, and that being as of yesterday, receiving that check in the mail from the property management uh, with here here's the return, <laughs> here's that physical evidence of uh, what really made me feel like a real estate investor was receiving that very first check. And I'll be honest with you, uh, before I go into like how I got to this point in making all these deals was um, I didn't feel like an investor. All I felt like is I have certain capital that I need to put somewhere so that I it will last for a long time. And during this whole process, I was just like, just, okay, even, even after making the purchase, I was just like, I still don't feel like an investor. It's like, until I actually see something return from it, it's just, it's just, it's just, now it's just that much less money in my account. And that's all it feels. But yesterday... 
uh, really felt like this is day one of the journey of the it is a chase. Like, you know, it's not a sprint because it's not like it's instantaneously going to change my life. One check is not going to uh, necessarily change my financial future instantaneously. There is still a lot more work and a lot more planning and a lot more money that needs to be spent, so to speak, to get to the point where freedom from having to wake up every morning and go clock in and work for somebody else. Uh, so that, but the journey has started. The, the chase has started. And that's where I feel like today. Uh, so, and going into that, one of the biggest things for me that I was really wary about was entering into this this realm. Like I, I talked about it before. It's like even the term real estate investor. It's like I, I'm no you know, Warren Buffett. I'm not. I, I you know I don't see myself as that. You know the big titans of industry and you know finances, whether it be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or any of those names. You know I said it before. I didn't put myself in that category. But you know what? It feels really good now that I'm one step closer to being considered in that tier, uh, and not just because I'm waking up every day. It, that there's a lot of honor in that. Uh, but the reality is. Our country and our society at large is set up in a way to create success if you're willing to look at it from all the creative ways as possible. And one of the things that was really helpful was that uh, – and here's, here's the technical side of it, and I'm getting long-winded on this intro, so I hope you don't mind me taking over for a bit. Do uh, it, buddy. This is your story. <laughs> so This it was is your really, speech, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's, here it is. Join me. I feel like like uh, was it uh, Mel Gibson at the uh, in, in Braveheart? You know, just now. If it, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It's I'm pumped. I'm really pumped about it. Uh, but what was really interesting was like when I initial conversations with Matt, and a lot of things were going over my head. What really did it for me in the very beginning was that I found myself like just like starting to absorb without realizing some of the techniques that um, that Matt was doing. And one of those like techniques that was really hard for me was making the initial contact, you know, looking for listings wasn't a problem for me. You know, I, I, and even our, my conversations with Matt over the last few months, it's just like, I would be finding deals all over the place. And sometimes I'd send them to Matt, like, Hey, you might like this, or, you know, this is, it might seem like a good deal. So I had no problem finding it. It was just getting over that hesitancy of picking up the phone and calling somebody and inquiring and getting all the information. What do I say? You know, it's almost like it's the feeling like, uh, you know, when there's a girl that you like or whatever like that, you got their number finally. It's like, oh, what am I going to call? What am I going to say? It was kind of weird because I kind of felt like that. I was like, oh, I really like this property. Oh, we can do I can do this. And then I was like, OK, but what what if they say no? <laughs> you know, it's like that initial rejection kind of thing where it's just like. It was just really weird, but I think that's what it was. It was. I was just afraid of the rejection or sounding stupid. You know, it's just, oh, you don't know what you're talking about or being taken advantage of, you know, if, you know, trying to make sure that I sound like I know what I'm talking about. So the person on the other end, like, who's this, you know, nobody and, you know, don't know what they're doing. So, uh, but what really did it for me was me and Matt, we had a sit down call. There was a, there was a listing that I had found early on. You probably remember it, Matt. And I, and, and uh, we, there was talks of maybe tackling it together you know, as in a partnership. And I remember me, you, and my wife, we sat down, made the phone call, and I just sat there and listened to how you, how you tactfully and strategically talk to the, the agent and the, and the seller. And after that conversation, I walked away like, I can do that. 
It's like it, it, it's not like I'm making light of it or there's not a technique. It takes some skill to it. But it was just like going back. It's like I've it, it, always had the thought like I, I need to have somebody else do that for me. You know, what I mean? because I'm not I'm not as smart enough to really get all those nuances and stuff like that. But after walking away from that one call with Matt and I'm like, I, I get this. I get a little bit more. So that was the initial start where. You know, not to say I wasn't nervous every time I saw a listing. I'm like, I, I want to call on that, that I wasn't feeling like nervous or got the jitters and the butterflies in my stomach because, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not a, I've never been an agent. I don't I didn't know that much about real estate in the very beginning. So I'm still new to this. So it was really hard because I'm a really agreeable person. And I understand like in business, in, in the real estate world and finances, uh, those that are that are agreeable tend not to make that much. And I know that that's one of my Achilles heels is that I, I can't be too agreeable or uh, not just t taking just the, the quick no or the, the, the seemingly blocks that are in front of me like, oh, well, this is going to be too difficult. But looking at like we've talked about before and I've learned from Matt is the creative options. Creatively, there's ways of looking at these deals. And I'm a creative person and I want to now tackle these deals and uh, these listings in a creative way. Oh, gosh, there's so many things that I want to ask you. And first of all, <laughs> happy birthday to your wife. Thank you for her service. You guys had a baby this year. Yeah. You guys are going to have the best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I just want to dial it back just a little bit. Y your check that you got a couple days ago, this was the first check in your life that you didn't actually have to work a W-2 or work hours for her. Is that, is that fair to say? That is, that is incredibly fair to say. And um, like, like I shared before, it, it, going to work and making a wage and honest living is, is honorable and commendable. And, and this is the first time, and it feels foreign that all I did was make a purchase of a property that I'm now getting returns on. Um, and because it's a first time at, at first, I was just like, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause I know it's not free money. It's not like, it's just money that's falling out of the sky into my lap. I had to, so, you know, there's a lot of things that went in, into play in it, but I wasn't relying on, uh, somebody else, so to speak, like going and clocking in. That is an incredible feeling. And I can only imagine, can only imagine and hope to one day walk in that reality what it will be like, whereas I don't have to do that no more, where all I do is I invest my money wisely. I do put all the plans and procedures and into place to do the things that I'm doing now, to do them more often and do them better, the art and science thing, to do them better. So where this one check then turns into two checks, three checks, and who knows what might be built from that. The sky is literally the limits. So even though this is just this one check, it seems kind of insignificant in the grand scope of things. It's a big deal for me right now, and it's planned to be the first step going forward of realizing what it will take to retire myself from my current occupation uh, to free myself to do more things for not only myself, my family, but also for my community, for my church. Uh, and it's just the, 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 um, the possibilities are, are limitless at this point in that. We're getting chills. Um, describe, since you are so good at describing things, describe the feeling that you get from 
from this? Like, is it something where it's like you've tasted meat, like you're a vegetarian and you've tasted meat for the first time and you fall in like, no, like give us an example, <laughs> like a, an analogy of what is it like? Is it just another day or, or is there new colors in, in the world? It really feels like it, it's hard to put like my, my thumb on exactly how this feels because it is so new. It's, it's a completely different experience. I never thought that I would ever think to carry a label of a financial investor or real estate investor or anything that had to do with that. So it's kind of like walking into uncharted territory for myself. Um, there's still a lot of things that I need to learn and as, as I go into this. So as long as I, I know I don't walk with the mindset, like I know all these things and I know what to do, you know, I got to stay teachable. Uh, what I think the correct word is pliable, remain pliable. Uh, Cause there's still so much that could be learned in this. Uh, but it does, it does feel like, um, an, uh, I would say more and more along the lines, it's like a new door opening and you're seeing a whole new landscape. I don't know if you, I remember, uh, like it's like seeing, Yosemite, the Yosemite Valley for the first time and just being just just uh, uh, just consumed by all the different colors, the smells, you know, the 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 the, the cool breeze that you get uh, when you're standing and looking at like half dome or something like that. Uh, just that instantaneous like this is different. I've never experienced this before. And it, and it is something to to behold and like and to be awe of. I think I would say it like that. It, it, it's it's a. Uh, it's uh like what what the explorers must have felt when they first entered into Yosemite, I guess. <laughs> I love this. So I want to tie back to what actually had to take place for this to to become a possibility. So you mentioned you had capital. Like I happen to know that the capital that you had came from buying a primary residence. Yes. We helped you buy that, and I think it was like 2015, yeah. and you benefited from the appreciation of that. And you reached out to me and said, hey, I want to sell. I think the market's going to go down. And I'd like to, to use the money to consider buying an investment property. I've been following you for a long time. And I think that's right. So first of all, like, thank you for the opportunity and trusting that to, to me. But what I'm, I really want to like major in is like, that's not the, the common thought process. Most people don't say, let me sell my home. And invest. So can you walk us through, like, oh, wow. what were the conversations in your own mind? What was the conversations? What was Angie's thoughts? What was the conversations happening between you guys that led you to pioneer? I like how you gave that example to pioneer <laughs> a new future for yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that, I didn't realize that. I guess that is a good analogy. Pioneers. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess. So initially, the first thought, number one, was we we contacted you because it's not like we had this epiphany, like, oh, we're going to be investors. Let's sell our house, take the capital that we have left, that, that we at the, the equity, turn it around, buy property, or invest it and make money. The first, the first initial thought was that we bought this two bedroom, one bath house in a really decent side of town, of which we discussed that in our last, you know, conversation. So go check that out, you know, so you can understand my mindset completely about that. But so we bought we bought a house. It was. Um, and at the time in the market was was starting to creep, but wasn't that high. So I bought it fairly low, made an incredible amount of equity. And I was kind of shocked when I started looking at the market. But the initial thought when I contacted Matt was like uh, two bedroom, one bath house, uh, me and my wife and the two kids and then one on the way. And uh, we might need a bigger place. That was the initial, uh, 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 I guess, this 
conversation point that got us thinking we need to probably sell. And the initial thought was sell to buy something bigger or buy something that's a fixer upper that we can, that's bigger that we can then, you know, move into. And then nothing materialized. And then Matt and I had a conversation and uh, we started talking along lines. Okay, then well, what, uh, what about investing? And that was a hard conversation for me to have and to even initiate, mainly because my personality being agreeable, one of the things and the traits of, of agreeable people is they in, in instinctively love a stability. <laughs> so there was a lot of stability on, you know, I've, I've only worked in one, I've worked only two jobs my entire adult life, like full-time jobs. I'm on my second and I've been there for 16 years. So stability is, is big for me. So when I bought this house, it was the, the, the mortgage at the time, the interest rate really at the time was really cheap. My monthly payments weren't worth that much. And I was looking at rent and people are paying double for rent for a small apartment than what I'm paying on my house. So it's kind of like, there's a lot of advantages to just staying here, uh, to consider selling and then renting and then investing. And it was just too many variables. Uh, but at the same time, I just realized over my conversations with Matt and talking with my wife, who is not as agreeable as I am. She's more apt to take, mm -hmm. taking, of course, being in the Marine Corps, I guess it kind of <laughs> it gives you a lot more experience in looking at the Toughens world. Toughens you up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's when we had these conversations. And yeah, at first it was just say it was, it was anxiety through the roof because we're making such a huge, probably to most people, this is a life altering kind of change. You know, whenever you uproot your family, you know, we didn't move out of state. We just moved 20 miles south and uh, our renting and selling our home made a killing in, in the inequity just to turn around and say, now we're going to invest this. Um, so that that was a conversation that we had. And looking back at it, there was a lot of doubts, even going through the purchase of this of this property that we just purchased. Uh, there was still doubts and up until. You know, up until yesterday when we received the check, I was like, something finally materialized. This is something that it will be that will be constant, um, hopefully for the rest of our lives. Now, all we got to do is maintain and upkeep the property and it will continue yielding profits because and the one thing, too, considering inflation. And this is one thing that I learned just by listening to the podcast, you guys, is that one of the, the best hedges against inflation is real estate. Because when costs go up, so does rent. And then if you hold on to property that you're getting rental from, then that – so it's just – it kind of offsets your your inflation that we're feeling by – so it, it's, it's just – it's beautiful how, how, that, how all that works. So that uh, – but anyways, that was the initial thought. But now I find myself as an investor, so that's where we are today. So a lot of times you hear in sports or in other analogies that – the first one is tough because you got to get the monkey off your back, right? It's and that monkey a lot of times for, presents itself in the way of anxiety and all kinds of things. Like I don't know what to do, so on and so forth. So you kind of got that out of your system a little bit. Like you, you give the example of, hey, I listened to you and I realized this ain't that hard, right? Like awesome. Now that you've done it, you've bought one. Is it like, hey, I I, I want to like tiptoe, or is it like? Hey, you've just put me in a sports car and I'm going to punch the gas. Like, <laughs> okay. So I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. And I think the, the way that I feel right now is that, like I told you, I'm a little bit agreeable and I like consistency and I like uh, stability. So um, the, we made the purchase on this and me. So 
I like to have a plan. I like to say, okay, so what are we doing? What What is the short-term goal that we have? You know, there's a, there's a long-term goal, and then what's the short-term goal? And you hold both in both hands, and then you kind of like work your way to accomplish one. Because as soon as you accomplish you know, that, that short-term goal, uh, then you got a next short-term goal. So it's kind of like it's kind of two-tiered in a way because – your, your short-term goal ultimately will take you to that long-term goal. So buying this product. So, but first off, I think, so it goes into the to technically, like how are we tackling and how we were going to spend. So we sat down and I know in our initial conversations with you, Matt, you know, considering where the market was going, you gave us, a, well, this is how much, if you want, if you're looking at this month of, this amount of return, this is how much we're probably going to spend. And I'm like, okay. So I took that information. And what I did is I just started looking around, of course, being in California, the market is so incredibly high, you could spend $300,000 and only probably get a return of $1,500 a month, maybe even less. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. So the one thing is like, and now we got to be strategic. So how are we going to strategically plan uh, to, to invest money where it's going to be the most bang for our buck? Um, at the same time, we're not going to be buying uh, something that's not going to last, uh, you know, but a number of years before there has to be a complete renovation. So there was, so we try to find uh, a good, healthy medium. So one of the things that we decided on is, and here's, here's my strategy and what I did. Um, so to answer your question, yes, we're going full forward, but at the same time, we're doing it in a way that is, it may seem like we're kind of like on the gas pedal a little bit. So we're kind of like, we're, we're doing both. So, we decided we want to spend 50,000 to net a thousand. A lot of people two percent net, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so, and so, he's I a know, greedy investor, got way more confidence already. Look at this, two percent. Oh, net. go for it. Yes, he's possible. like, I may be a first timer, but I am, I am no slouch. Well, yeah. I know what I want, you know what? I know what I want. I'm gonna get what I want, you know, because yeah, I, I just look at it like this it's like. You know, I, I, I made such the incredible jump to sell my house to, to, to rid myself of that stability for a short time uh, to do this, then I'm going to have to make it work for me. So what, that was what me and my wife decided because we went before with this property we went into. I think we went into, went into contract one or, once or twice in a couple other properties. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was once or twice. We were looking at at first we were looking at things that were over a hundred thousand, and then, you know, but it was just they weren't materializing. And then we started challenging ourselves a little bit more. And I start and I started looking around. I was like, I think I could probably find something uh, for fifty. I, I I know it. So I I here here's how that that was our strategy: fifty thousand for a thousand net. And I and I I I hesitated to tell people that out loud. Because it didn't seem like a reality, like it could be done, you know. It's like just like your guys' reaction, you know. It's just like <laughs> so. Now I know it probably did sound a little like way out there, but hey, I did it. So yeah, that was our goal. Uh, so it's just like so. This is the, the boundary that we're going to set on, and this is how crazy I was when I went into Zillow. I set my settings. It's like I don't want to look at anything, and it, this is multifamily, by the way. Like I'm not. I wasn't looking at single homes. I was looking at multifamily. So I was looking at multifamily homes across the country, and I put a, a, a cap on my search at seventy thousand. So nothing over seventy thousand, and that was my my goal. And lo and behold, I came across something. It wasn't fifty thousand asking. It was seventy thousand. It was a three unit, um, 
plus one uh, three units with each unit having one bed, one bath in in good old Selma, Alabama. And um, hmm. made the call to the Sweet agent. Sweet home Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. And uh, made the call to the agent. Uh, and I was super nervous because I had, I, I mean, I could probably go over the, I, it's another story to tell, but like all of the agents, I've probably talked to over 150 agents over the summer of all the different properties I've talked to and tried, you know, and it's just like nothing ever got done. But I remember I called the agent directly uh, and just picked up the phone, called her. And tell you what, she was the sweetest, the sweetest uh, uh, woman I've ever talked to. Uh, just beautiful southern accent, and we would just talk back and forth. And I and I, I saw it was seventy thousand, and I hesitated because it's just like, oh, you're so sweet. I, I don't want to get you upset if I, hey, you know, <laughs> would, your, <laughs> would your seller consider this way lower price? So and I and she was a sweet sweet lady and a good I, I made a good networking relationship with her and we're constantly in contact we're probably going to do business again in the future hopefully so it was a good connection but I I just threw it down I was like look uh, do you think it would be possible that your seller would take fifty thousand for this three unit property and she said yeah he probably would I was like really. <laughs> So she took it back. They said, yeah, we'll take the offer, went through it and went through the whole process, got expectors, went through all that. And by the end of it, about, about a, more than a, about a month later, then, then we bought the property at the beginning of October, then find ourselves at the beginning of November and boom, we got our first check. So the gas is still, and oh, here's something else now. And there's more. The more is <laughs> that we are currently right now in contract for another Three unit, one bedroom, one bath, uh, a triplex in Illinois. I think somebody on this calls from Illinois, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so like uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a lot to learn, but yeah. So but the the one from Illinois is the same exact thing. They wanted I think sixty thousand. I offered the fifty. They took the fifty. We're going through the process right now uh, to close the deal, and it's going to net me a thousand dollars again. So I did it twice. Hopefully, if this deal goes through and this one already has property management in place and the agent that I'm working with is also the property manager and they have a property management company. So I can go through the process eventually about like what because I had a, I had to develop a script every time I talked to agents, what I was looking for. Uh, but anyway, so the, the short of the answer to that, the long answer to your very short question, Matt, is I have my foot on the gas, but um, I'm slowing down turns uh so after we make this this the the closing on this last property we'll probably settle back start putting more money away and building a savings and then trying to replicate that that that's that's our pattern right now so 50 so that two percent is our our magic (laughs) it's our magic number so yeah incredible so after having you said like over 100 phone calls it's 100 no's 150. Yeah, 150. No. It, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I'm super curious. Like, how did you feel when you got the yes? We take that. Did you get, did your stomach drop? Like, how did that feel? <laughs> like, I can only imagine, like, wait, what? What did you just say? Was that a yes? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, wa- it was that. So, like, this, the sweet little, um, she was an older lady. Uh, her name is Sandra Mitchell from, from Selma. It's really sweet lady and really excited every time I get the caller. Um, and uh, when, when I initially, 
I gave her the offer, like I hesitated. I, I, you know, it was like you're embracing for impact kind of thing. But when she said yes, because and the, the, the offer was thrown out there after I asked all my questions, you know, you know, are, you know, is it, is it currently occupied? You know, how much are the rents and so on and so forth. And, and I'm like, wow, this is a really good deal. Like, I, I, I would be offended if somebody came at me with, with this. And when I did, I was just like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a saying in the South that I hear where it's like, Oh, bless your heart. That's, that's not necessarily a compliment. <laughs> no. So Thank I you, was, idiot, is what it means. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I was anticipating it's like, and, I, and I'm and i not from the South. I know people from the South. And that's something that they told me. It's like, if you ever get an oh, bless your heart, that's not a compliment. <laughs> so I was like, I was embracing for the oh, bless your heart. No. <laughs> so, uh, but no, she said, yeah. But all the no's were like, it, most of them were yes, no, no. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay. You know, we're, we're not gonna accept that offer. Or it was along those lines as to the litany of questions and my, uh, my little transcript that I developed. You know, some of the answers to those questions were no. So obviously, I'm not gonna make an offer because it's not meeting my criteria. So it was just a lot of there was disappointment, not just from their nose of the offer, but for the, some of their nose of the questions. Uh, of some of the requirements I was looking for when it came to the properties too. So that was a long process. I was off during the summer because now uh, for my baby. Uh, so I, I spent literally uh, every, every moment of downtime I had because I knew that my goal was to not go back to work. That didn't materialize. Uh, uh, it was, it was a good, you know, gave it the good college try, I guess. But you know, that, that not that, that, that option hasn't, uh, it's not an option. It's still an option. It's just going to take me a little bit longer to get there. Uh, but I spent every available second I can online looking for deals, trying to get leads, uh, making good. I made, I made, even though there was some agents that, you know, they either didn't accept my offers or they didn't, you know, the, their properties didn't meet the criteria. I made a number of great uh, networking connections in a few different states. Uh, made one in, in Kansas um, where's, I made another one in uh, another, another part of Illinois. So it's just, it's just been really good experience on how to, and that's what I mean. That's why I've kind of like learned and this is like that art and science thing, man. It's really cool seeing that play out as, as I'm dealing with agents and talking through deals and evaluating deals as I see them. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Phenomenal. So you, I mean, it's just so crazy. I mean, like the, the experts were pitching 1% deals. That's not net. That's gross. Yeah. And, and you are 2% net, which just brings joy to my heart because that's where I, I like to be, you know, not that all my deals are that way, yeah. but like you were able to shortcut so much because of your coachability. You mentioned pliability and so on and so mm -hmm. forth, which is just tremendous. The other thing that I, I find so impressive about you is that like, we'll tell a lot of people, like it's going to take a hundred to, to a thousand sometimes offers if you're making really low offers to get it accepted. Yeah. And most people are like, yep, no problem. And then five offers in, they're like, oh, I can't handle this anymore. Or 20 offers in, you kept going. So what I really want to get into is I want to dive into the thoughts, the emotions, maybe the struggle that you had. Cause I got a front row view. <laughs> You've sold your house. The capital's in hand. You just have a baby. You've got all this stuff going on. You were anxious to say the least to get a property. 
And so I wanted to continue encouraging you to take action and yet hopefully find some sort of balance and encouraging you to be patient. Can you describe what was going on inside of your mind as, as you went through that? Oh man. Yeah, that was, that was huge. So it was starting to get quite dark before I, um, found this deal in Selma, um, in my mind, I'm just like everybody I called, you know, it's like, is it, you know, do we have to wait two or three years before the market kind of, cause it's heading in that trend. I'm even noticing and looking at reports that, that it's heading down to fundamentally we're going to have to wait. And it was just like, oh, I'm not okay with that. You know, I, I, I understand that it's not going to happen right away, but at the same time, um, I would like to at least see it working, you know, like, but I knew that putting, uh, you know, over like in my mind, putting a hundred thousand to only net about 400, which is a lot of the deals that are out there is, was not good enough. That was not where what was going to, was going to do it for me. So, um, because I had that, there was, there was temptations just to go that route and then just, you know, spend that amount because, and another thing is it's like, I, I used all the tools because a lot of those no's were because you had properties that were more than what I was willing to drop in cash. And a lot of them were saying no to creative financing or their terms were way, way too, you know, out there for me. So it was just like, it was starting to get bleak, but you know, it was a godsend that I came across this listing and I just happened, hey, let me give him a call. And I think it was one of those things where it was the right place at the right time. Um, I had a chance to get to know the agent and the agent is really good friends with the seller. So, and it was just like, hey, hopefully you come down to Selma. You come down and you can come and hang out. We'll show you the town. You, and it was just like, that's what I was looking for. I, I understand that this is money. This is business. This is finance. But I love the personal touch, whether it's with the agent, you know, it's just like I'm just about ready to, you know, to send out a thank you card of everything. You know, thank you for making my first real estate purchase, uh, investment purchase so like incredibly easy. <laughs> you know, it's just like and, and I cherish that. Like every now and then we'll text and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, if you find anything, let me know. Um, and, and I love that aspect of it. So it's like it, there, there's, this deal was multifaceted. It wasn't just, OK, here's your deal. Get your money. Now we're done. Um, I love that human touch and especially being able to like, okay, talk to the, to the agent and have maybe something that, and what was really interesting too, and you know, as a side note in, in conversating with the agent, because, uh, she would shoot me other listings. Hey, I know you're an investor. Here's this, here's this. And I, there was this other listing. Oh, and she's, oh, it's right across the street from a church. It's a really nice house. I'm like, oh, it's a church. He's like, yeah, it's a Southern Baptist church. I used, and the agent said, oh, I used to go to that church. And I was like, oh, so you're Southern Baptist. He's like, yeah, well, so am I. She's all in California. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Isn't it weird? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's those personal touch kind of things that it's like really like I, di I don't want to lose. I don't want to have the mindset like this is this is just business. This is just figures and money and percentages and all that stuff. There, there's real people that are involved in this. And I want to I want to approach it that way, too, and hopefully make really good positive connections you know, with agents so that relationships can foster because they helped me before. And if, if they're, if they're good to me, I really want to go out of my way to be even better to them in a way. So that was really a really good thing for me. That kind of set me at ease was realizing that you could really meet. Cause that was another thing, another anxiety. Am I going to meet people that are not going to, you know, they're, they're only thinking about bottom lines 
And that was really hard for me because I'm not a person by nature that thinks just of bottom lines. Um, and finding this deal was a godsend for me, for basic for God to say, okay, okay, here you go. Here's your, here's your one. And then now I'm sitting on the prefaces of having another one. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. I need to highlight something for you because on episode one, Rudy, you, you pretty much refused to acknowledge the title real estate investor. Not only yeah. did you just accept <laughs> that title, but you were referred as an investor by somebody else. Yeah. How does that change? Yeah. Like, what's the difference now? How do you feel about that? Um, I, I, I hesitate just to get a name tag or a plaque for my desk now. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's... Considered a Christmas gift for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to no, make but... a note of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to be Rev, the real estate investor, or oh, Rudy? That, yeah, that'd be far. Yeah, you, you can use my podcast name if you want my about, stage name. That'd be fine Rev. too. I was about to say it would be nice if you Rev. could just have like a Rudy chant. There's like a button that just goes Rudy. Oh yeah, right? Rudy, Rudy. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. I like this. This is this is good. This is a good conversation here, guys. Uh, but yeah, so so I, I have accepted it, and I know like I know one of these days next in our next after we make this next purchase and I think it's really, it'd be really good to have my wife here because this is not something I'm doing all by myself. Like if I didn't have my wife, yeah. you know, sometimes I lean on her a lot for this. Like, Hey, what do you think? Or, you know, things along those lines. And she's really helped, you know, kind of like ground me because she was more apt on wanting to make this decision and going forward and in the investing thing than I have um, for a lot of different reasons, because she's seen other people, uh, my brother-in-law uh, as uh, who's in the army right now, is actually now coming to me saying, I want to be an investor too, because I see what you're doing. And I, you know, my uncle was an investor and I saw that he made something of it and I want to participate with that. So that's really cool too. Now I, I can feel like what Matt feels and what you feel to him when you're doing something and other people are noticing, Hey, can, how do you do that? Can, can you help me do that? And I'm like, that's it. That's, that's it. So it's, it's now it's moving from real estate investor to, Real estate investing instructor or coaching, I guess you would say. Coach, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I guess that would be the next thing is do be successful. I think that 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 is a great mark. It's not just, um, uh, uh, not just being able to 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 do it, but to be able to to teach it and give insight, um, and 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 to other people that, that especially in my situation where this was not part of the thought. Our thought was just get out of the ghetto, survive, and get a job, and hopefully have the american dream the white picket fence and all that stuff but i'm realizing that is not the american dream the american the american mm -hmm. dream is upward mobility and real estate yes. is one of the avenues to do that yeah and rudy's on a speed run yeah it, <laughs> yeah man it, this is so fun like you ask rudy a question you're gonna get some awesome answers <laughs> i want to go back to the darkness Ooh. because there there is a similarity I'm sure that you have to a lot of people that never go from zero to one. Hmm. And the difference between zero and one, in my opinion, is is greater than the difference between one and 10 or maybe even one and a hundred. And so the you are such an articulate person, especially when it comes to emotions, hmm. that if you can unpack, because you made the decision to sell your house, you got the cash in hand, you're you're literally reaching out non-stop it's not working and the couple deals you brought to me like i don't know five or ten deals or something 
I'm shooting down. I'm like, Rudy, that's not the deal for you. I know you want it. Yeah, it looks good, but that's not the deal yeah. for you. That's not the deal for you. And I'm just being complete naysayer and I feel terrible doing it. Um, and, and yet, you know, so, so if you can unpack that, like, like what, what actually thoughts com comprise the darkness? Um, so I think it was just, like I said, I think it's just like when you're dealing with somebody that enjoys, has enjoyed stability, because I came from a place where I had no stability growing up. And we shared that in the last podcast where it was just like there was no stability. Uh, there was really nothing that was for certain, which we learned now that nothing in life is for certain. But, you know, where there was nothing that you can depend on to be constant. And then uh, getting to a place where you have that consistency, you know, you, you have a job like I have for 16 years, the same job for 16 years. You're making decent money. You're not, I'm not killing myself at work, so to speak. Uh, I have a house. You have a car. Everything's flowing good. Uh, the, you don't want a disruption in the force. Um, and then basically where, where we were at that point was realizing we can't stay in this home. We need to do something. Obviously, selling and buying is not going to help. And because even though we sold our house with a great equity, uh, we couldn't take that equity and buy a new house, you know, unless we were going to pay a higher rent and our mortgage and interest rate. So we weren't going to do that. So then going through all this, all this variables, um, I don't like renting. I'm going to be completely upfront and honest with you right now. I do not like renting. Um, and I haven't rented a place uh, since, let me see. 2004 or five uh till mm -hmm. now and it was mainly because uh no yeah yeah it was about that time because uh got married in 04 to my to my first wife and then we were saving money to buy a house so we were living with in-laws at the time then eventually bought a house in 09 and then we I, we had our house and then uh went through the divorce and then eventually bought the other house in 2015 so it was just this constant stream of having a house that is mine that I don't have to you know, rely on. So that, that was a type of stability that really nobody in my family enjoyed. Like, it's like a generational thing. Nobody could put themselves in a situation to buy a house. I think the only person that ever owned a house in my family was my grandmother, but she was really good with money and she worked her, her tail off to get it. So, so to get to a place now, okay, we're going to take the stability and now we're going to get rid of it. We're going to give you money for it. You know, this, this was my mindset. I got money for to lose my stability to hopefully then go into something that isn't as stable as having a place so uh and i'll be honest with you i remember i was i found the listing on you know my phone and i was in the car with 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 my wife and that was just kind of like just kind of like at the verge of you know let's just let's just cut our losses let's just take what we have and just go buy a house and just you know, because I don't know if this is going to turn into anything. And that was where my mindset was. To be honest with you, I'm like, uh, not, and this wasn't a, this is anything against Matt, but I'm just like, I think Matt, and here was my thought. I thought Matt made a mistake. Dude, let it out for real. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Matt made a mistake on thinking that I, that I could do this, that he was too optimistic when it came to me. And I, I struggled with that because I was just like, Matt is a smart guy. Uh, but am I smart enough? Am I on that level? Like those things didn't go away. They prop up every now and then. And they propped up in that before I, you know, we came across this deal and um, I was struggling with a lot of doubt. And then we went through this process and even going through the process, there's going to be something, there's going to be something that's going to go wrong. You know, the, the inspection is going to come back and say, this house is going to, this, this 
this thing's going to fall apart or, you know, there's going to be something that's going to come up. You know, it was too good to be true. Uh, but, you know, lo and behold, everything, you know, like like Sandra has told me, you know, it's not the Taj Mahal, but it's it's a really <laughs> nice place. Uh, and that's what it turned out to be. And, you know, I'm looking forward to updating it, making it more a desirable place to live, to to acquire more rent. You know, and it's just I'm in that place now. And it's it's pretty awesome. There's there's challenges. There's going to be challenges. You know, you know, you I, both of you guys probably understand that, you know, when you have rentals, there's going to be challenges either with people or with issues. You just got to be prepared for that. And, and, I'm, and right now that's what we're doing. We're preparing for that stuff. Um, and it's it's awesome now. But, yeah, there was some there was some doubting of myself. Yes. Doubting of Matt's foresight or what he saw in me. But I'm glad to say that, you know, we stuck to it. And in a short amount of time, you know. Through some kind of grace, we we now are sitting on this property that will get us our two percent, and then rolling into another deal. Hopefully, we're supposed to be closing at probably the end of this month. uh, That will net us again, net us again that two percent. So right off the bat, before the year's out, we'll be sitting on an extra two thousand dollars a month on top of my regular income, and I'm just sitting here like. I think that almost puts me in a whole completely different tax bracket now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. And then um, so. I could welcome you as a resident of the state of Illinois. I'm guessing you're going to be. Uh, I'm guessing well, you, you're going to you know be. Well, I'm not a resident, right? But at least a property yeah, well, yeah, owner. Yeah. Property um, owner, yeah. I was we, say, you, you know what be, I thought? You must be very far from me if you paid 50K and you're getting um, like 2% net. Um, I'm, I'm expecting yeah. oh, you yeah. very hey, far away. Hey, hey Rudy, 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 do you want to take a chance at making fun of Tim? Well, no, what I was going to say, because... No, 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 but listen to this, listen to this. I think, I think you and I are going to be the only property owners of the three of us in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Oh, no. I, always feel I, bad. I have owned a lot of properties in Illinois. I don't currently <laughs> I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave a spot for you if you want to go. It's, uh, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's in southern Illinois, actually, so it's pretty far from Chicago. <laughs> but anyway, so I was going to say, though, it's just like you could, you could just go on. I guess there's, there's a website where you can go buy a small plot of land in Ireland and become, become a lord. So there's there's that. Have you heard about That's that? Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course. So Absolutely. you can add Lord well, maybe to your that'll title. Make me feel better now. After yeah, the you low could be. Yeah, you could be I Lord could be Tim lord. Winfrey yeah. Jr. Yeah, Lord Tim <laughs> yeah. Winfrey Jr. <laughs> Trust funny. me, I've thought so, about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh heck yeah, man! I can prove I can prove Matt right. I can be, go pay a dollar. <laughs> go pay a um, dollar just for the title Lord, Lord Real Estate so Investor. So let's let's dive into this a little bit because I've actually gotten a lot of flack from people in my circle because one of the things you mentioned is I saw something in you and I pushed you to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we push people to take steps that are within their capability but not within their comfort zone, you become wildly loved and wildly hated a lot yes. of times all at the same time, yes. right? Because people like their comfort. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as on my side of the things, I'm always thinking about, okay, what's the right thing to do? You know, is it the right thing to push? Because many, many, many people are capable of far more than they're doing. And yet, you know, do they want to do it? All those questions. Now that you've crossed the threshold, like, how do you feel? Does the doubt still persist? Or have you shaken that doubt? Um, I think at this point, I'm more confident. Let's just say it that way. Because even though we closed the deal in the beginning of October, and there's a whole story, we'll get into that later. Um, and then going into, so it was like simultaneously, I found the deal in Illinois while I was coming to the end of the deal in, in Alabama. And 
uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of cool because I saw myself at, you know, you make so many phone calls, you learn how to talk and you learn how to do these types of things. So on that aspect, confidence is, has increased. Definitely confidence has increased because now I feel my, when I make phone calls, I kind of like, I, I believe I know more of what I'm talking about. I, I get the lingo. I get to shoot the real estate lingo around and that feels really cool. Um, uh, but at the same time, it was just like, uh, the, when it came to like, uh, the doubting and all that. It, it, it's incrementally, like um, over time, like little by little going away, uh, whereas I'm more confident in how I approach deals, how I look at listings, how I evaluate them. And it's, and it's hard because they're all out of state. Um, and it's and sometimes I get the feeling like it's very easy to take advantage of the situation, you know, and you're putting all your trust into the agent, into the title companies, the brokers or if you're if you're per or if you're getting a loan or even you know with the the inspectors it's like you know they're going to do a thorough job you know are they going to be honest about what so it's it's all this all this stuff that there's still things that I cannot control and that's the one thing that I learned it's like I can only control the things I can and one of them is my anxiety and my worry you know of course you know as a believer you you know use that whole Philippians model you know you know don't don't have, don't be anxious take everything in prayer kind of thing um, and, and I think that's that's where I am today on, on, on the confidence side is, yeah, I am definitely more confident and eager. Uh, but I do know at this point, like I said, I'm kind of like taking the pedal off a little bit to kind of regroup. You know, we, you make a good deals, a couple of successes, and you don't want to get I, you don't want to get the, the gamblers uh, kind of mentality where it's just like, oh, you, you're winning and you're winning. OK, let's roll it again and you roll it again. Or hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, and then eventually, what's going to happen is what you've gained is all going to be gone. So I, I, I and I've always, yeah, I, the few times that I've been in a casino, that's how, as soon as I, soon you take your certain amount. This is all I'm willing to spend. You spend it. If you gain some, you keep your winnings and you walk out. You never spend your winnings. And I think that's how I am right now because I don't have a whole lot of capital to work with. So right now, I'm like, okay, I made two good wins. If I close this deal. Let me collect that, put money in savings, organize things so we can just go back and do it again. It's like halftime in a way. And I like what you're talking about. And that's one of the realities that I had to learn too. Because when people are pushed, um, one of two things will happen. They will be pushed over into a new person or they'll be pushed over into failure. There's really no other options. And that's why – and I know this because I used to coach football even at the youth level. And you, you know which kids have the potential. And I will scream and yell at them as much as I can – because I know they can take it. There are other kids that I know that I say, and it's like, you're here because your mommy and daddy want you out here and you don't want to be here. So you approach it from that way. You realize I'm not going to get everything I can get out of this out of this player. But there are other players that you know, and you're going to push and push and ride them and ride them. Even though you know they're your greatest players, you're always going to point out their mistakes. Why? Because you want them to get better. Uh, and have I made, most of the times I've been fortunate, most of the times all the players that I've coached has always come back to me and said, I, you were one of the greatest coaches I've ever had. But it was because I always pushed them and I told them, you have so much more potential. Now we're going to get it out of you. And it's the same thing when it comes to everything else in life, everything else in life. Um, I have to realize, like, Matt, it was so encouraging and uh, not so encouraging at the same time <laughs> because – because leaving, yeah, it's, it's weird to say that, but there, it was both true. Thank you for thinking of me in that way. I hope that you're right. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like like it's, it was the right decision, but now I'm glad to be on this side that I just stuck with it. And luckily it didn't take years. Um, and it was just a matter of literally months, you know. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, I talked to my wife and, and a lot of times we prefer to do this to people we don't, we aren't already friends with, mm-hmm. because if, if they kind of express, because usually people are coming to me expressing interest in some sort of thing. And then I give them ideas and then we go through it. And that way, if they decide that it now, most people don't actually end up selling their house to invest the capital. So that's usually not what's happening. It's usually they have side capital that they're investing with. But usually my wife cautions me like, Hey, just be careful, like to actually advise anybody that you actually really know closely because we don't want to jeopardize the relationship, you know, type of thing. So that's always a risk, but it's, um, you know, I love that you brought up the football coach analogy because I, I look at like my high school teachers and there were some that like 90% of the best ones I didn't particularly enjoy while I was going through there. Um, you know, like the, the level of detail that they caused me to have to focus on and those types of things. And those are the ones that I'm calling now because, you know, or if I see them, you know, at a, a wedding or whatever, like those are my, my favorite memories. Cause it's like, you thought of me well enough, you know, like you were actually the one that chose to sacrifice what could have been a friendship early to see me become the best that I can be. And, um, so yeah, man, that's, I'm just like super, super stoked. So, <laughs> so you must have given been us just a as sense anxious of, as I was then, right? <laughs> it sucks, man. Like, cause like, like we, we liked each other so much and I'm like, dude, like, I, if I prescribe this as a path, the chances that this could end, like there's so many yeah. ways it could end badly. You yeah. could, you could get the positive result that you're looking for and still not like me because you don't like what I put you through. Right. You could not get the result and not like me. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there's all kinds of results, but it's like the hard part is when you're a coach and you've seen what's possible. And then I look at your life and I'm like, you are such a great dude. You're a hard worker. You're loyal to your family. You're loyal to these companies. And it's like, what would a person like you be able to do if money wasn't a factor Yeah. and time was no factor? And it's like, so that's the curse, right? The curse is like, I could vision as a visionary. I can see what your life will look like if you don't have the constraints of a W2. Yeah. And so it's like, well... What's more valuable is the potential that you can live a life that might be 10 to a hundred times richer for you, not just even in a monetary sense, but much more in a spiritual sense and in getting to do the exact calling. Or is it that we have a friendship? Because sometimes that's really the decision. Yeah. And it's, it's like a very sucky decision to have to make. That's why Jenny's like, Hey, why don't you just coach people? You don't know, you know? (laughs) Um, But sometimes the people, you know, come to you for advice and, um, and am I, am I a better person for not being honest? Um, I don't know. I generally err on the side of just laying it out there and going, Hey, we could always make more friends, you know? Um, and, uh, but well, the ones, kudos you, care to you, about, man, the like, ones you care about, you're going to want to push. And I, and, I, and I find that, you know, and, and I, I just, maybe I have a little bit more of a filter. I'm, I'm fortunate that the ones that are around me are already kind of tough and rough around the edges anyway. So they're too used to the tough love kind of thing, you know, where we come from, it's gonna, you got to get used to that. So I think I'm more fortunate in that aspect. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, um, I would be weary um, or I wouldn't want people around me that weren't thinking about the best for me and the things that I could do if, and they know it. It's kind of like, I think it would be, what is that old saying? It's, it's uh, if you know good and don't do it, it's sin. It's kind of like that same mentality. 
I mean, you might yeah. as well. It's yeah. the same thing as erring. You're erring or the hurting the person by not doing the, the good that you could be doing. Yeah. Gosh, man. And so just in a matter of months, I know it probably felt like an eternity for you oh, yeah. or, or years, but in a matter of months, because it was the summertime, it was like May or June, I think we closed on your house. Mm -hmm. You're already now collecting $1,000 a month of cash flow, soon to be 2000 offsets your rents. Not to mention the fact that buying these things at 50000 is obviously below market value yes. for these things. So now, now you've created additional equities, uh, maybe not to the same degree as what you spent, but like you probably almost have gotten your money back already by the equity. I could tell you what, like the number of investors that would turn around and buy these $50,000 properties you bought for 100000 if it's 1000 net, can't make any promises, right? Like- <laughs> would probably not be a hard sell, right? So what's what's wild is 100K you've spent probably is now worth 200K and $2,000 a month of cash flow. So in literally five or six months, you've replaced the rent that you're spending and now you still have a lot of money. I don't want to divulge uh, how much is left, but you still have enough to continue the game. And so- what I think was really cool, and I just want to share for for those that are early in the journey, yeah, is that the way that you and I designed this path was, and the reason two percent was so important to you, was because two percent with the amount of money that you had replaced your entire W two income, and so essentially at the completion of these six properties that you're pursuing, you are completely and utterly yeah. free from the W2, right? Yeah. Which which if you look at your path, you've done two in six months. So to say, you're probably gonna be able to go faster now if you want to, because now you know how to do it. It's not foreign, you know, all those things. But let's just say you stay on the same pace. You are literally a third of your way to financial freedom yep. in six months. That means by the end of 2023 <laughs> at this trajectory, you're a free person, 18 months. That includes a learning curve. Like this is so tremendous, like so, so tremendous to think that literally a conversation that happened six months ago uh, or six months before we started, right? So in two years going from zero passive income to no W-2, like that's the goal, just super stoked. Yeah, definitely. And there's so much more I could say, but I know we're running out of time. It's just like, and maybe maybe in the future, I would love to talk about this more, like how I how I personally, after learning, hearing you guys talk and listening to the podcast, how I learned to look at deals and how I learned to evaluate what would be best for me and why I passed on so many where maybe others that are new would have taken. So, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, dude, and we we plan, you know, if you and your wife are willing to continue these conversations because we've really wanted to, in a sense, it's not like a documentary, <laughs> but, but this is a series of conversations of somebody who went from where you started, which was not only zero passive income, but, but way behind the eight ball. We want to carry that all the way through. So, you know, again, if, if we have another three to 10 conversations and people get to see the updates, like that'd just be awesome. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I, I enjoy talking about it. It gets me excited about it even more. Can we get to reaffirm your title? <laughs> you are a real estate investor. Yeah, and you're there getting a little bit closer to those moguls like Donald Trump and people like yeah. that every day.
Make investing great. And have to start hiding your tax returns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you definitely don't want those getting out. Um. <laughs> oh, so, man. Um, I guess we'll put a bow on it right here, Rudy, but we'll definitely have yeah. you back again. Um, just thank you again. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, um, not only this time, but the first time, because we're seeing real true growth here. Um, so anybody out there chasing freedom, freedom is acquired one action at a time. Sometimes you need to take it 150 times to get that one yes, but that one yes could change your life. So commit to taking action. Do so in the next seven days. Tell somebody you know that can hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Rudy Valderrama, you're 33% of the way there, brother. We'll see you. We'll see you again at 66%. Um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.